Lindsay Rowland. Today we have returning guests, Terry and Patrick Caserta. The Casertas were on our show a few months ago to talk about their son, Brandon, and the Brandon Act. They are here today to update us on this legislation and its current state. For full details on this bill, please read our summary prior to listening. Welcome back, Terry and Patrick. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. It's always nice to see you guys. Let's start out with what have you guys been doing the past week? We've been trying to hit Cap- Capitol Hill a little bit and do some sightseeing, of course. And the, but we're trying to set up different meetings with different Congress people and senators to promote the Brandon Act. We've talked to some this week and some last week, and we continue to make appointments and then contact all our sources and keep everybody up to date the best we can. And just to let everybody know that it was introduced on this June 16th. So that was an experience in itself because we were able to be here for that. But he did miss to say that. And, so. and that was uh, the press, press conference and introduction was really good. Congressman Moulton, Senator Kelly did a tremendous job. So did uh, the other co-sponsors. And they really, if you get a chance to watch it, their speeches were really monumental, in particular, as an aggregate altogether, how they all said different personal things, which was nice. And then LULAC's CEO talks, and we're fortunate we had some our friends there. They happen to live in the area that's been helping us for a long time now. So that was great. We had different friends there, and it turned out to be a really good day, too. It was a perfect day, considering the rest of the days so far haven't been so good. Yeah, and you gave a really good speech, too. And also, I wanted to thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed being there. It was so powerful. The weather was beautiful, and I just thought that, yeah, I thought it went really well. And you gave a really good speech, Patrick, as well. I know you guys were nervous, but I, th- yeah, I thought that the press conference went really well. I think everyone gets nervous, though, at those things. I was nervous, and I wasn't even doing anything. I, I was very nervous. If I, my speech... I cut it short, but it would have been different if I could have gone after Lulac. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure what was right and what was wrong to say, so I was debating. But after she went, it's like, well, she really opened the door. I could say whatever I want. But I, I didn't want to make any of the Congress people, you know, be alerting or anything. I, I know because they were really generous. We were allowed to say whatever we wanted to. They They meant it. I just, I wanted to keep it totally positive and show that how all this intertwines and how important all this is. And it is about saving lives and our service members and that we really believe in what we're doing. And I guess one could say, I know a lot of people has told us it's something to focus on and something to keep us occupied. And it it is true. It's done that. We don't know, you know, after we get this passed, we'll be positive that what we're going to do after that. But there's a lot of work to be done. We do know that. And it's probably never ending, but that's the way, you know, in modern United States, that's how things are done. It's one step at a time and it's requires a lot of dedication and you can't get it done unless you have help. I could tell you that. And there's a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of people that help us. And sometimes either we forget to, or I have it on my speech to thank them and I don't, but the staffs and people behind the scenes are just as important because you can't get where you're going without their help. I I don't, unless you're the luckiest people in the world, or you happen to, you know, know, your mom or dad or somebody's a news person or something, you're, you're really starting from ground zero without help is tremendous. And we've had a lot of help. And again, I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone because they're just as important as 
the senators and Congress people. That's great to hear. I'm glad you heard you've had a lot of help. I wanted to recap a little bit about what's included in the bill. It, and it seems that there's a lot of support momentum with this bill right now. And I noticed the House already has um, six co-sponsors. And I checked this morning, the Senate has three. So what a difference a year makes. What has specifically changed on the bill from last year to this year? Well, last year, to be honest with you, we were going to come here to D.C. in April of 2020. And we had come here in May of 2019. And we had free roam in a place. We had set up appointments. And we literally went to wherever we wanted. The door you could say we did not hit all 535 by any means. But we hit key people that we wanted to. And we'd walk in and they'd actually, a lot of times, they were able to accommodate us right there on the spot and let us talk to someone. So... We had learned from there and we learned uh, to set our appointments on one side with the three buildings and then the other side, another. So like Tuesday it's and Thursday. It's a hike. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah. And so we had all this planned out and we were flying in. That, that was the same time because we drove last time. And it was a total great plan. We had brochures and all kinds of appointments set up. And we were going to go door to door, literally. And unfortunately, like, caught everyone off guard, COVID happened, and it totally put us behind because even those appointments, those people disappeared. When I say that, I know they were shelter in place, but they weren't getting back to us. We couldn't change it to video. And so slowly but surely, we did continue to do video, but it totally ruined the plan because there was no plan B. There was no need to have a plan B. The plan B was if our flight was late, you, you know, maybe we got a late start that day or something, but there was no plan B. There was no need to have one. So that totally set us behind. We'd like to believe that this year we got ahead of the game. As soon as we found out it didn't pass after, I don't know, just a couple of weeks of being disappointed, <laughs> we regrouped and came up with another plan. And that plan, again, COVID was still going on. We weren't sure how it was going to go. And that was the start making calls immediately and promote awareness. The calls were awareness. We were obviously looking for sponsors and co-sponsors, but it was to make them aware. So when they vote, they know what they're voting on. And that was the key. So they want the fault to know, at least they could think about it and know what it is. And, and that's been a huge difference. And we expect a lot of co-sponsor, more co-sponsors and sponsors. We just had to get a hold of those offices and, Again, it's most offices right now, some of them have come back, but you can't call there and somebody answers the phone. It's not like that at the moment. So you have to deal with email and they get back to you when they can. And in all fairness, I'm sure they get hundreds of emails a day and they have to sort through those and prioritize them. And, but I hope I answer your question. I guess the difference is it's the, the fact that there was a bill number last year, the fact that there was a bill, they can read it, they can look it up. The fact that there's been a bunch of stories on Brandon and that they can research before they talk to us. And when they talk to us, they can ask questions and know specifically and follow us what we're talking about. I think that's the biggest. And then just for our listeners who, who need to be updated a little bit, can you just give me a brief summary of what's in the bill just originally? Well, the bill itself is a safe word for people to get help. I, I know it focuses around mental health. That's fine. I hate that word, by the way, just to let you know. I think I'll work on renaming that in the future. But for right now, mental health. But it's designed, if you went in, if a service member went to work on a Tuesday to get them 
All they had to say is I have a brand act issue. It keeps the confidentiality. And it's set up that way on purpose so they could get the help they need when they need it. And it's also designed to show that there are other bills out there. We support all of them and we hope all of them pass. But even when those bills pass, while you're using those bills, you need something to keep these people, I'll just say alive, but more importantly, their mental state intact so they can continue on. Because if you were using some of the other acts, why are you using it? You're waiting for this process to take effect but nobody's doing anything for you. In other words, you're expected to get back to work and give 110% and shut up and work. And you'll get updated when they feel like updating you. Well, in this case, the Brandon Act can get you help. Somebody you can talk to neutral to get you the help that you need. But basically it's a safe word. In summary, it's a safe word that is confidential that will get you the help that you need on the spot when you need it. And you and I, uh, we've talked about this before, but yeah. And I think sometimes too, with just sometimes mental health is overloaded at on active duty. So I think that like also just being there being priority to, to receive mental health. And it's just not an afterthought of something like when, you know, when work's over, we'll get you the help, but that it's something that is immediate and that the attention is, is drawn to that soldier right away. So yeah. And I hope the mental health services can support, can support the bill. And then are you hoping to see a significant improvement, obviously, in the number of suicides in the service yearly and more serve more soldiers ideally seeking mental health? And will you know if mental health care utilization is up? Will there be any sort of report back to you? And what will be the definition of success on this bill in the end? We're going to follow the numbers. I mean, our goal is zero. I know that's a bold goal, but it has to be zero. If you goal to have 10% less, that's ridiculous. You have to go for zero. You have to shoot for it all. That's what we want. And we're going to follow it. We already know we'll probably need amendments in the future because if it's working, we amend it. If it's not working, we amend it. I, I mean, you don't have a choice. That's how we do things in America. That's how it's done. But I like to believe that more importantly, it's going to embed in the units that people are going to care more. And when I say that, like it or not, When you're in the military, you're one big family and you're supposed to take care of your family. And when you're a parent and you come home from work, you know, if your son or daughter or anyone is down and feeling out, you're tired and you really don't feel like doing anything other than probably eating and relaxing. But you have to take care of that right away and find out what's wrong. And we like to believe that this is going to encourage that because we really would prefer that they don't even use the Brandon Act. We prefer the units take care of their own. So we're hoping that it's going to be embedded in a system where, hey, time out, we need to look after people more. You see on TV with the fire department, there's truth to the fire department. It's not exaggerated on TV. Their, their adventures might be, I'm talking about the unity is there. The military unity, somehow, way, if it was ever there like that, it is long gone. And we need to get back to teams or your family. And that's what we're hoping that this is going to promote. It's not just about having it, we're hoping it opens people's eyes to, I need to pay more attention. It'd be no different than if your son or daughter started getting in trouble and you got the police knocking at your door, you're going to want to do something. You're wondering, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening? How can I stop this? Obviously, you have to pay more attention and get find out what's going on and be aware of it. And you're going to be openly looking for things and knowing. Just like Right now, I mean, I I know it's bad, but if anybody got a DUI, you're going to, in the military, you know, they're in trouble. They're in trouble in the regular world too, obviously. And 
but everybody acts like, well, that's their problem. It is their problem. I'm not going to deny that. But the problem is while they're going through that, you think they're not suffering. You think they might not want somebody to talk to, especially somebody outside their family. I'm sure their mom and dad are tearing their head off. And, but you know, somebody needs to be there on the spot because most of the time these people are overseas or 3000 miles away from their home base. And I know in modern times with social media and all that, things are better, but it also enables them to cover things up better because you think these open lines of communication are there and they are there for real. The problem is they're not utilized. That's what people do. It's like your pet. If it's sick, it runs to darkness. It gets under the bed. It, it wants to hide. And that's exactly what somebody in duress does. And we need to be more alert to that. That's what we're hoping the Brandon Act is going to change. Yeah, I agree with you in that hopefully it will just encompass and be included naturally into mental health and taking care of soldiers. And yeah, the Brandon Act won't have to be used because leadership will just be taking care of their soldiers. And I agree with you that we have left, you know, we've really come far from taking care of soldiers. And I think mental health has been seen as a nuisance by command. And so I think that this will like put that priority back on the table as number one. I did want to ask you though, since you have had like an extra year here, have you had a lot of other families reach out to you um, about their stories and share? Have you become the person that, you know, that they reach out to because they want to tell their son or daughter's story? Absolutely. We've had probably about 10 to 15 service members themselves reach out to for, you know, different reasons, but a lot of them, you can see where they're heading by the way they talk. So we give them pointers on what to do and how to go about doing it. Since, you know, Patrick is a retired veteran, he knows the systems really well. So we just try to guide them in the right direction because obviously we can't be there for them, but we can be there in a long distance type. I wish we could be there for everybody, you know, I don't want to say hand-holding, but, you know, being there with them in person, but we can't. So unfortunately, they're on their own once we guide them. And then, you know, we have communication back and forth. Well, this didn't work, or I couldn't get past this, or that's where Patrick comes in and, and says, well, try this. I mean, there's, it's hard getting these service members the help that they truly need from afar. And it's because nobody else in their command seems to care. And and I I do want to point out, um, she gave us permission to talk about this freely. If you ever want to read a story, read uh, Farrah Gregg, her son's story. Uh, That story that you will read out there is not complete. When I say that, journalists can only do so much, you know, articles can only be so big. But what I will say about that is that happened I guess, four months ago. And here's where the uniqueness gets that people don't understand and don't think about is that when she reached out for help, her son was suicidal. He said he was going to kill himself, literally. And he told his mom that, and his mom reached out for help. And she said, well, if I don't get help, there's going to be two suicides. In other words, it was going to be two lives lost, hers and his. She was not going to live without her son, and she had a younger daughter. And the bottom line is she meant it. I saw her speech. We met her. Trust me, she meant it. And where it gets really sad is if you knew the whole story, you saw the command treated her. It's 
it is the live version of Brandon. It's a success story. Lulac saved that kid's life and that family. But the bottom line is, here we are, Flash. So here we are four months ago. 571 service members died the year before. It, this is factual. It shattered the record the year before. Norfolk, Virginia, that's where this kid was. It's got more suicides than I believe anywhere. And yet it makes the papers before their story. And these COs still continue to do what they do. And, and that's the hard part is we're getting these calls in there. Some of them are like unbelievable, even though these people are telling the truth. In other words, you would think they would be less harsh. These people are getting worse. I don't understand. I, it doesn't make sense to me. And these people are in dire need, not, not just the mental health. They're in dire need of help. I really hate, like I said, I'm sorry. I got to rename that mental health word. They're in need of help. And they're in need of friends, family, coworkers, pe- people that the, the advocacy is out there, the groups out there, all, they're in need of all that. Because all of us together might not even be able to fix some of this sometimes, but it's, we have no say over the command. That's why the brand is so important is it has a say over the command is, and it's going to safeguard these. And it's like I said, I'm sorry. It just, these calls on we get are mind boggling after the track record, read the headline, Navy secretary rips his heart out every time there's a suicide. Really? You expect me to believe that based upon what I see? I mean, come on. If it ripped his heart out, he couldn't put out an order telling these commanding officers, that's it, time out, we're done, no more. I mean, you can't do that, huh? Because yeah. it's a force of 350,000 people and you're high up and you don't have time for this. Well, we need to make time for it because our people are the most important part of our service. Force readiness is based upon those people being ready 24-7. It's drilled in our head. Those people are not ready. That means there's at any given time, I have to assume at the moment, a third of our force not ready. That's not what we promised. I was in the Navy recruiting for 15 years. I promised them top-notch medical care. I meant it when I told them it. And I expect the military to deliver on. Well, and also I don't want, just a caveat off that, and this is my own personal opinion. I don't want to bring you guys into politics, but it does sort of make me angry when I see the Secretary of Defense talk so much about extremism because that is an issue that we're still trying to define, yet we have issues right in front of us with the numbers of, on suicide and sexual assault and domestic violence. And those sh- should have been priorities years ago, or we wouldn't have those high numbers. So for me, it's frustrating that this year, it seems to be like the extremism stand on. And I know it did include some sexual assault, but this, like you said, the suicide issue is so important and it's only getting worse. So I think prioritizing what we actually have data for is important. I did want to ask you, I know you touched on this a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you what it was like personally working with Senator Kelly. I know he's new this year. I know he replaced McSally. And then what it was like working with Seth Malton's office, just in general. Both of them in particular, but Senator Kelly being retired military, ironically, it was Navy, but he was part of NASA. It was outstanding that he was able to, um, he was the best of the best, obviously, to get into that. And but he understands the military and understands it. But he really cares. He genuinely cares. You'll a lot of times newer senators, you'll find that in them. But I believe all of them have it in them in some form or another. Just sometimes priorities get away. But in his case, this is a priority for him. He done a 
outstanding job. He was very personal. He signed the bill in front of us, which was neat. And his staff was outstanding people, very outstanding. As far as uh, Congressman Moulton goes, he's a veteran. He's been outspoken on PTSD and other issues. He's gotten the 899 number done. That's for veterans and the rest to call. So it's equivalent to a 911. It's just a different three digits. It's quicker than the the hotline number. Right. It's quicker than hotline. So it's like 911. It's just quicker. And when we met with him and he followed me because he was a veteran, he understood and he explained things from his perspective and he really cared. He really wants to make a difference. And this is extremely important to him. And his staff was outstanding. Again, these staffs have been tremendous to us, both staff, but I really admired them too. I, I mean, we got to know them. They were good people. They're very good. Too, okay. They roll, you know, both offices rolled out the red carpet for us. And Moulton's office actually contacted us earlier in the year, stating that they're, they want to do it again. And we didn't have to contact them and, and ask them. They were contacting us and say, hey, this is what we want to continue to you. And of course, we said yes. So it's not like we had to go recruit them again. They were already on it. But with little number of veterans in Congress right now, they, these two are picking up there. I mean, there are others, obviously, and we spoke to some, and I'm sure some of them are going to come around and co-sponsor. But for right now, those two lead the way, and they're determined. And they, like I said, they're really good people. I mean, it's, it's the only place you could go for this. And in a lot of subjects is Congress. They're the only ones over the military. They'll tell you, oh, well, we allocate the money. Yes, you do. But we learn in life, whoever controls the money controls everything. And the bottom line is, if I'll take on the Navy here, if the Navy wants to expand ships and they want money for this and that, then they're going to have to fix what they're doing. Because what good is having the best planes in the world or the best ships in the world when you don't have a crew to man it? Right. And recruiting is going to take a hit. It's in the works when I say that. I'm talking about, I was in recruiting for 15 years. I've seen the ups and the downs due to different things. I could guarantee you that this is coming recruiting way and it's nothing to do from us. Okay. What I'm saying is these issues, people are opening their eyes and it's going to be an issue. Vanessa probably opened a door that was closed and it's open and people are looking at this stuff and they're seeing it's not just the army, it's all the services And I honestly think recruiting is going to take a hit in the future if the military doesn't do something. And whatever they do, they're going to have to do it quickly, fastly, but they're going to have to put their heart into it because throwing a program together with no heart in it, it's going to accomplish nothing because then the numbers will go up. We'll have to amend the Brandon Act if it was passed, but they're going to go up because and the people behind it didn't do it properly because their heart wasn't in it. Your heart has really had to be in it to save lives. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think it was well said too, what you said about they can allocate all this money like you use the Navy as an example, but if you, and you have the best soldiers, people just need mental health care sometimes. And so, yeah, if you don't have the crew or you're not taking care of your personnel, then you can have all the ships in the world or all the gear. And, but you know, what do you, if no one's going to man it, no one's healthy enough to do that. So I think that's a really important point. I did want to ask you, who is your primary focus this year as far as co-sponsors? Well, we want one Senator Kane. We met him personally. We'd love to have Senator Kane. 
I want Senator Tillis, Senator Ernst. You did get Julebrand, right, in the last couple of days? Yes, yes. Senator right. Julebrand came aboard. That was fantastic. She's she's big on these type of issues, and she's been trying. I, her and Congresswoman Spears, who we obviously won as a co-sponsor too, they together have been working on stuff for years, and they've been trying. And I, I commend them because I watch, we watch these hearings, and we're as disgusted as they are. The only difference is if I was a senator, I don't know how they hold back. I, meaning I commend them. They have restraint because I would not have that kind of restraint when it came to DOD in front of me, just lying or acting confused or wiping off the question, I guess, and averting it and trying to use politics to answer the question. I don't know how they do it, but I commend them because they stay the course and they really care and are trying and they're tired of getting, you know, two, 300 letters a day, possibly, or a week about these kind of issues and they really want to make a difference. Well, and also to give Jackie Spear credit, you know, I do watch all her hearings as well and she will rip you apart. I was watching her domestic violence hearing about two weeks ago and she basically told DOD, why would you send this person to testify if that person, this person cannot answer my questions? And, you know, she was just like, okay, on to the next thing. So I do, I will say that she will really lay into it, but then she sounds like, like everybody else, um, repeating herself over and over again, you know, with like domestic violence, she mandated a couple of years ago that they report numbers and we're still here today with no numbers reported for certain branches. So I think that she's in an uphill battle too. One other question I wanted to ask you, though, is would you guys like to talk a little bit about the Virginia Beach event? And then also, could you tell us who LULAC is? Because I was unfamiliar until I looked it up the other day. Oh, LULAC is the League of United Latin American Citizens. They've been around for, what, almost 100 years, like 98 years. They are a Latino organization organization. But they are, they do, like Patrick said earlier, they help everybody who reaches out to them that they can actually, and even if they think they can't help them, like in the Michael Gregg, Ferris Gregg story, because they weren't sure if they were going to be successful or not, they will try and they will do uh, whatever, pretty much whatever it takes. Yeah, it's funny Terry said it that way because that is 100% true you could tell by their speeches but we've inter- we met all the national officers and they have that can do attitude that I remember when I joined the military they had that. They they did. They've lost it. Maybe Lulac's shown everyone that this is we need to get back to those things that we can't take no for an answer. We can do this. I I admire that about them. But they are social justice for everyone and they, they'll help anybody. Obviously, they're going to vet you and check it out and go through the stuff. But if they can, like I said, you're, there are problems out there. You can't do much of anything because of the system. They're limited and they're not even sure of the outcome. But they are de- I can tell you, they're determined and they, they've been doing this a long time and they got some really good people. And most of them are volunteers. They're not paid positions. And they really want to help people and make a difference. And they have their history. If you were ever to follow and look at it, they've done tremendous things, but they are the ones behind Vanessa that helped their family. And again, more importantly about they, they're the ones that opened that door for Vanessa's family. Don't get me wrong. The family was great. I, they did a fantastic job. It's just that you always need help. Like I said, you always need that help. And they, 
were able to help Vanessa and their family. And they're far from done. There's a lot more to go on that one. I, that story's far from over. I, I'm just not even close to being uh, over. And uh, so they're still working on that. And they have other stuff they work on all the time. Again, obviously, you know, they work with us, but they're working on the SOS campaign. And that campaign is vital to them. And they're promoting that, obviously. And then could you just tell us a little bit about the event? I believe it's this Friday in Virginia Beach. It is this Friday, the 25th, which is the anniversary, the third anniversary of Brandon's death. There's going to be quite a few uh, organizations there for suicide prevention. NAMI is going to be there, AMVETS, N22, Mission 22. The other organizations are escaping me. I apologize. Never Alone is supposed to be there. They're not coming to us. Sorry. The last one was updated. It had like 14 shields on it. Their yeah. emblems. It has all their emblems on the poster. They're going to be there. And all important organizations all stepped up on their own to the plate and wanted to help and be a part of it and promote awareness and Brandon's story in particular. Yeah, they're going to talk about, you know, what their organizations can do for service members to let them know that they are there for them as well. What else? As far as I know, they're going to have a tour. They're going to give everybody a tour of the museum because it's at the... Aviation Museum. Naval Museum. And they, but again, it's about Brandon, I guess, as a visual, but it's the end of promoting Vermont. Well, it was end of that campaign. It started in Phoenix, Arizona with the vigil. And there were some of those organizations there. And of course, it's been going on for the past month and it ends there. That campaign ends in Virginia Beach. They were able to, we were able to go. We're going to be able to talk, obviously. And they threw a, generous sponsor, I ordered it that way, paid for that leg of the trip, trip for. And the, but they have it all set up. And again, I, some of this is a surprise to us. I know I, we, we don't even know what to expect. We didn't the first time either, being honest. I mean, we're in the loop, but we're not. They plan everything. They take care of everything. They don't want us doing anything. They want to do this for Brandon and for the campaign. So please, Everyone come. I, I don't know. It'll be good. Whatever it is, I assure you, the speakers that are going to talk are going to be awesome. And the organization of it will be awesome that they're good at this stuff. They know what they're doing and they put their hearts into it. And like I want to point out, they're not, they don't, they're volunteers. They're not getting paid for this. Not once. Well, thank you for sharing that. And hopefully we, our listeners can join you there. And then just one last question. I know this bill will never bring Brandon back, but if he was here today to see you, what do you think he would say? Well, Brandon would start with the smile you see everywhere. The smile that makes you want to smile. He'd be smiling and it would be lasting several minutes. And he would be glad that he can make a difference like this and that he's not big on the spotlight. never was, but in this case, knowing what him being in the spotlight can do by saving lives, he'd be thrilled to death. I mean, that that's how he always was. He had this, like we had said before, heart of gold. He cared about people, but he saw everybody was the same to him. He didn't judge people. And I know we're, raised that way. But my point is, in his case, he went to extremes. I mean, he didn't care if you were in a wheelchair, handicapped, couldn't talk. He didn't care. He always treated everybody the same with kindness. And he looked at everybody the same. And we've seen all his friends over the years and 
Like I had said, he brought home homeless people <laughs> and always was helping special needs kids and stuff. And it was, he never got credit for any of this. There was no program he had to do to do this. He just did it naturally, staying after school to help them. He got nothing for it. It wasn't required. It wasn't part of a club. It was nothing. He just did it. And he went to their birthday parties and things of that nature. Right. He just had the what parents strive for. He had the best of both of us, in, in particular, Terry. Well, I don't think both of you. <laughs> but he, he'd be thrilled to death. I, I know he's smiling and I know he's glad. Because if you read one of the letters on the website, they're posted. He, he says that he hopes it's already better in the command and it makes a difference. He honestly believed he sacrificed himself to draw attention to this, that command and the problems. Unfortunately, that part of it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but that's not done either. That book's far from closed. And a matter of fact, it's just getting interesting. <laughs> but as far as it goes, he wanted to make a difference. He's always been that way. That's why he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. He wanted to be a police officer. And the quality of his friends that he picked out, a couple of his friends are Phoenix police officers right now. And he just, he, he just knew, I mean, in karate, he was in karate since he was four. You should see all these parents that automatically liked us. They knew who he was. They would come once a month. They'd put on a show in karate, I guess I'll call it. And you could watch him practice. And the parents had come just to see him. <laughs> he, 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 believe me, it was a sight to see, trust me, especially as he was getting older. He literally, they do kick drills. He's knocking the karate instructor over, laughing while he's doing it too. Karate instructor used to say he doesn't kick hard enough. So he showed him, oh yeah, I kick hard and I'll kick harder. And, <laughs> but he, he'd be very proud of us. I know that. And we were always proud of him. He never... He could never do anything to disappoint us. Whatever he wanted to do, we supported and we were there to help. We believe that his legacy is to save lives and it's going to make a difference. And we believe this is going to work. Like I said, I'll be honest with everybody. I'm not telling you this is perfect. It's not, but it's something to get started on. And that's how modern society deals with problems. Actually, if you look at the history of America, that's how it's done. And this is a step in the right direction to keep people alive. While Congress does reform on the military and these other acts pass or they all pass together, they're all going to work in conjunction with each other to keep service members alive, improve their quality of life, get them not only the help they need, but to keep them ready at all times. And that's what it's all about is readiness. They train to be ready. They do drills to be ready. The fire department does it. The police department does it. Every one of them do it. And they depend on that readiness for when there is a crisis. And when there is a crisis, you need those people to be 100%. And you need them to have your back. And we're taught this. But in the end, I got, at least I could vouch for this for sure. HSC 28, there's no way if they went to war that those people have each other. They would be the biggest failure there ever was, trust me, at that time. Because that place is a mess. And we're told it's still a mess. But again, I'm not going to spread any rumors. I'm saying it, 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 it was a mess. That's a fact. We, we can read. It's been identified that way. Everyone can read. It is a fact that place was far from combat ready. And they were doing missions, important missions for us. And you know that those missions were not 100% being done. They might have finished them, but one could say, I guess it was luck that there weren't more people dying for whatever reason, whether it be safety, wouldn't matter. 
Well, I want to thank you both for being here today. And just for our listeners, if they go to the Brandon Act Facebook page or your website, there's a place, right, where they can send a letter to their congressman or senator? Yes. A petition to Congress is a petition that, excuse me, generates a letter to your representative based on your zip code. And it also sends a letter to the president. I do want to point out, we have a link there that there's a bill military families for justice that it's got 875 actually 890,000 signatures on it it's been around a while very important bill you'll see it it's not when i say it's a bill it's a bill they want it's not never been a bill yet but read it it's uh unique in itself and, and it's other countries do this stuff Canada, UK and stuff. And it's, it's a important thing, but I'd like everyone to read it. Just take, I honestly, a snapshot. The reason I'm bringing this up is we have, you're first to hear this other, unless you watch the advertising for it is we have a huge podcast coming out on the 25th and this podcast was done by them and it's professionally done. And this thing is going to be, all, I assure you, you listen to the first two minutes, you will listen to the full hour of it. You will not miss this. Just Trust me, I've seen other podcasts they've done. You can't, you want the net. They used to do it in chapters. You can't wait till that next chapter comes out. In this case, Brandon's is complete. And it's unique. It's going to be a good one, but it comes out on Friday. And it's, but anyway, I'd like you to look at that petition. The reason that we promote that is it's a very important thing. But if you look at, I mean, there's almost a million signatures on it. That means a million of other people thought that bill our potential of a bill is outstanding. And we just want to bring it to your attention that you should look at it and see what you think. You like it, you sign it. If you don't, that's up to you. But we want to bring awareness to it because that's very important to us and to everyone. A lot of Gold Star families in particular, I'm sure every Gold Star family's probably signed that at one time or another over the years. And But it's unique. Just look at it. It's, it's on there, right? It's on the site. There's a link. No, but it will be. Okay, then there will be. Um, well, if you go to the Brandon Act Facebook page now and you like it, then you'll be updated, right? When you put it up? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that one sends off to Congress automatically too. So that one's been set up that way from day one. We're new to it, but that one, 890 something thousand people, letters have gone to Congress right now. It didn't happen in a month. Like I said, it's over the years, but lately it's been just going nuts. It, it's, it's been jumping high numbers right now. They're probably over a million as I speak. I, it was inevitable because the rate that they were coming in, the signatures have been coming in is tremendous, but I just want everyone to take a look at it for you. Fine. It's not, that's fine. Um, just want to bring awareness to it. And tell us one more time. What is it called? What is the uh, legislation called? Or you said it's not legislation yet, but what is it called? Oh, you just said it. I think, um, I think it's a bill of rights for the bereaved. I, I believe that's what it's called. Okay. It, 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 it's, it, it starts if the key to it is if somebody dies, doesn't matter how they die, at Tillman death, Brandon death, doesn't matter, Vanessa death. The key to it is there's a board of inquest that's independently done and it finds who, why this happened what happened, what we're going to do to prevent this from happening again. And it holds people accountable. It does hold people accountable. They've been doing this for years in Canada and the UK, and people are held accountable. Of it. But more importantly, it's to prevent things from happening in the future. It's a lessons learned so it doesn't happen again. 
So, but it's transparent. See, that's the key. See, we already have this in the military in a different way. We have boards of inquest and everything. The problem is they're not transparent. You have to be, this is transparent. You are going to hear the truth. So whatever happened, the true story to Pat Tillman, the best that they could put it together for real, you're going to hear the true version. It's not going to be padded. They're not going to, you know, take away anything. They're not, nothing. It's the truth. Same thing with Brandon Vanessa. It will be hundred percent truthful and they will learn from the lesson and they will fix it. And people will be held accountable if necessary. There are things that people don't, I mean, if a tail rotor came off a helo, the ones accountable may be the manufacturer. I, I mean, you never know, but it's to find out what happened. That's what we do best in the United States is we learn from our lessons. We're supposed to, the military is supposed to be one of the best at it. The problem is they're not transparent. And if they are transparent, they are secretly, they're not with the public. This is to be publicly transparent. You can look that up and see what exactly is known that happened to that individual or why that person died. So that person died from a safety issue, a plane crashed. You will read the truth. It's not going to be covering up anything. It is the true story. What really happened? hundred percent transparent. And that's where the success has been with these boards is that it's been transparent. I, I know you would think that all of them are, they're not. That's where the problem lies. You have to tell the truth. Pat Tillman's case, I'm certain. Again, I'm not an expert on the story, but to this day, we're told they still don't have the truth and the facts. They would be in there for real. And the parents wouldn't probably be sad for all of us to read it the way he probably died. And But it would have the factual truth in there. And it's transparent. So everyone, when they look it up, they will see what happened. And they will be able to see, wow, this is horrible. We can't have this continue to happen. And then you'll see what things were recommended to fix that. And those recommendations are truly taken and put into effect unless they find something even better than the recommendations from the board. And that's the key to prevent it from happening again. And, and that's basically, if you think about it, ended up on this trail was to prevent this from happening to others. We don't want other parents to go through this. That's exactly what that's about. The only difference is it's a true system, transparent, been proven to work by other countries, and they depend on this to prevent future disasters and future deaths the best that it can. And it works. It does work. It's just, I, like I said, I know sometimes it's hard to believe that we have to put laws and bills in effect to fix some of our discrepancies. But again, as a democracy, the United States, modern society, that's how we work. Sometimes we don't understand that that's how it works, but it is true. Now, at the speed we do this, that is the vital part because we have to do it quick, fast, and proper. And that's where this comes into play, right? You, you get it done and it saves lives. But it, again, it could save more than lives. It could save you know, money, everything, you name it, it can save all kinds. Oh, go ahead, Terry. No, I was just going to say, the bill is called the Bill of Rights for Bereaved Military Families. And what it does is it protects the human rights of our nation's military and their families. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. It's, like I said, it's been around a while, but it's all the signature. That's why I want you to read it. You have to look at it. Ironically, believe it or not, you'll laugh, but we hadn't read it till recently. Uh, we, we, had, we knew about it. We just didn't understand the nuts and bolts. Now we understand. 933,508. Wow. So somebody's signing on to it. And it's been picking up recently. Uh, well, it's believed, obviously, that 
Brandon stuff might be helping, but it's more importantly, I think, again, it's the Vanessa and the public eyes being open to yeah. everything. So it's, that's what it's doing. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here today. And as you know, Carry On Podcast is always supporting and watching the Brandon Act and helping where we can. So thank you both very much and safe travels to Virginia Beach this weekend. And it was great to meet you guys both in DC. So thank you. Well, thank you. And it was awesome to meet with you in person. That was, thank you so much for coming and your support. Yes. Oh, thank you for having me. It was really nice to be there. So thank you. Thank you for joining us on our show today. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do you have a show idea or a case that needs some advocacy? Please reach out to me at Podcast Carry On, and we will see you next time. Thank you.